Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame's Hall Call podcast. Uh, I am Will Driscoll, the executive director of the Hall of Fame. And here on Hall Call, as I always say, we like to highlight the interesting individuals and stories that make sports in Virginia so special. And today we are fortunate to be joined by one of the greatest athletes to ply their trade here in Virginia, a three-time All-American and two-time national champion for Old Dominion University women's basketball and an inductee in the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, and the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Nancy Lieberman joins us today on the Hall Call Podcast. Nancy, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. How are you? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Thank you. So from your time growing up in New York to now, uh, you served pretty much almost every role, player, coach, uh, commentator uh, that basketball can offer. Currently, though, you are the head coach of Team Power in the Big Three League. For those of us who may not have watched the Big Three yet or gotten dialed into it, that's not me. I've I've watched quite a few games. Just kind of give us a brief overview of what the Big Three League is. The Big Three is a blessing. Uh, It's given guys who are former NBA players an opportunity to extend their careers. Guys like Amore Stoudemire, Nate Robinson, Drew Gooden, Corey Maggette, uh, Joe Johnson, Will Bynum. Uh, I think I said uh, Carlos Boozer, star players who were all-stars in the NBA. And maybe they don't get up and down the floor 94 feet anymore, but they can still play and they're in their mid-30s. And this is the first year in 2020 that they'll be three-on-three in the Olympics. And its uh, I don't even want to say it's like the the senior PGA Tour because these guys are so young, but it's like beach volleyball. And you've seen the games on CBS. It is amazing. I mean, we're drawing, you know, 13, 14, 15,000 every weekend. Uh, we play on Saturday and Sundays on CBS. Ice Cube owned the league, created the league. It was his vision. He's the founder. And to be able to work for Ice Cube, who is the hardest worker uh, in the bunch, and to say that he's my boss, and I get to see him every weekend is an absolute joy. But he's extended, the, look, the, the 12 coaches, 90% of us are Hall of Famers. And it's giving Dr. J and Gary Payton and, and Nancy and Lisa and Rick Barry and, um, you know, George Gervin and so many others a chance to continue to stay connected to the game we love, be around each other because so many of us are friends. And here's the other thing, by the way, for the players. When they were playing in the NBA, many of them did not have their children at that time. And these guys are getting to play high-level basketball for a lot of money on a big stage, uh, three-on-three, in front of their families, their wives, their mothers, uh, their aunts and uncles. And it's it's a very powerful thing. Uh, You know, the other thing is uh, cube inequality. Lisa Leslie and I, Lisa, this is her first year, and my second year, um, we have equal pay to every male in the league. We're treated as equals. Uh, Q broke the mold when he hired me a year ago as the first woman to be a head coach in a men's professional league. And the the really cool thing about it is we won the championship. Uh, Corey Maggette was MVP and I was coach of the year, which had never happened to a female And that's because of Ice Cube, because he's a man of opportunity, inclusion, diversity, and I'm very honored and and privileged. 
you know, you've mentioned you just went through a Rolodex of of names that sports fans, not just basketball fans, will will remember and probably remember forever. These are names that we watched in the NBA. Your team, I think, just with the players on Team Power, have something like close to 80 years of professional NBA experience. Um, how much fun has it been to to kind of get back with with these players who were all stars and kind of watch them as their careers continue? I wouldn't even say progress anymore as they're able to continue their career. You know, you bring up a great point. You know, we were in the huddle the other day in Chicago and the game was getting tight. And I looked, we had just traded for Carlos Boozer. And I looked at Booz and I went, Booz, welcome to Team Power. It is an honor to be your coach. And everybody in the huddle looked at me and I'm like, now play like the Carlos Boozer. That <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you know, this man was a multiple time all-star <laughs> with the Bulls and it's it's really kind of cool. I mean, before you and I got on the, the the interview right now, I just got off the phone with, um, you know, with Big Baby Davis. I stay in touch with my players. Uh, we're on a thread. We talk to each other all the time. We check in on their families, how they're doing, how they're feeling. Uh, we have very something very special with Team Power. There's We care about each other. We work hard. We're very professional but we care about each other and we take information in from every, if somebody has something to say, as I tell Corey Maggetti, tell me, tell me what you need. Tell me what you see. So we, these are not rookies. These are 15, 10, eight year veterans of the league. It would be stupid of me not to listen and then say, Hey, what about this? And, and that's how we operate. It, it sounds like it was an easy decision when they approached you, but how were you approached to get involved in the big three league? Well, um, what happened was I was coaching in Sacramento and it an was, assistant, you were uh, an assistant coach with the Kings, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, and my mother, um, my mother got ill. I was in the locker room in Denver and you know, you get that dreaded phone call, get on a plane right now. Mm-hmm. So I left all my stuff in the locker room. And I just said, take this back to SAC. And I took a red eye to Miami. And they're talking about putting my mom in hospice. And this is like uh, three years ago. And I'm like, I, I talked to Vlade, uh, Divac, um, And I was like, look, I got to be with my mom. And it was really a struggle for me because she was trying to get to rehab. You know, I think she was 87 years old. And I felt torn, you know, that moment of, should I be with my family or am I tied to fame, money and status of the NBA? And the, the Kings were so amazing to me. And when the season was over and I talked to Vladi and I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not coming back. I need the flexibility to be with my mother. I don't know if I'm going to have her for a day, a week, a month or a year, but I, I need to do this. So I thought, you know, I might never coach in the NBA again. And I was watching, uh, in 2018, I was watching the NCAA tournament. And this is a true story. I'm sitting on my couch and I'm flipping between straight out of Compton and the NCAA games and my phone rings and, and, it, and it, it came up, you know, restricted. And I'm like, yo, who's this? And the guy goes, yo, I go, who's this? He goes, is Nancy there? I said, this is Nancy. He says, it's Ice Cube. I go, how'd you get my number? He goes, I'm Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> so you were watching straight out of Compton <laughs> yep. while and the NCAA tournament while Ice Cube is calling you to approach you about the big three league. 
That's awesome. Uh, yes. That's amazing. It, it, it was, it's a, it's a true deal. I mean, and we started talking and he goes, you know, I would really like for you to be a part of our league. And I asked him, I said, why do you want, you know, I don't want to check a box for somebody. And he goes, I'm, I'm a man of, you know, I'm a cultural changer. I want equality. And we're sitting here and I have all men around me and we don't have a woman. That, that's amazing. And, you know, we're talking about, obviously, right now, Equal Pay has garnered a lot of attention with what the women's national team has just done. Uh, you mentioned that you and Lisa Leslie are female coaches in a men's league. You were actually the first right. last year uh, being being that first female in a professional men's league. Was there any pushback from anybody in the big three with the decision to name you head coach of Team Power? Or, or kind of what has been the reaction to that? Obviously, it's progressed with Lisa now coming on this year. Well, you know, I said this before, um, when Becky got hired, you know, by, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. And my thought was if Becky gets hired, which I'm so proud of my sister and nobody gets hired after her, then we have failed. You know, it's like having Jackie Robinson, you know, one and done, but the second guy was Larry Doby. And then, you know, the, the, the door was open for African-American baseball players. Mm -hmm. So that was the same thing. And, you know, Ice Cube is, is aware, you know, it's great to have, you know, one woman, but we have to do more. And, you know, Lisa is an accomplished player. Uh, I can't imagine that she won't be successful. She already is. They're six and one. And I'm really happy and proud for her. So uh, I hope it opens the doors uh, to more women. But I will say this, I mean, coaching at this level it's not Skittles. Everybody doesn't get to have one. You have to earn the right. You have to integrate yourself in, in relationships, in, you know, just learning the NBA game. And you, you don't get hired on a resume anymore. You get hired because it's relationships. And we all are making sure right now that we're having some of these relationships which are so important to have as uh these guys see that we're lifers just like they are and that's that's really important for people to understand we love the game as much as as you love the game we just haven't had the opportunities until 50 60 years later to do what you're doing and and then it's on us it's incumbent on us you know we're five and one lisa six and one that's pretty good, right? Uh, you know, uh, she's doing her job. I'm doing my job, but it's a player's game and players play and coaches coach. And I hope the door continues to, to open. Well, you, you kind of alluded to it with Becky Hammond with the San Antonio Spurs and, and now Kara Lawson, a, a fellow Virginia Sports Hall of Fame inductee. Kara Lawson was just recently hired as an assistant with the Boston Celtics. You know, have you spoken to either of them? You mentioned the relationship with Becky. Have you spoken to Kara? Do you do you all share experiences and, and kind of share advice and, and information to kind of navigate this world, which is, you know, still kind of at the very beginning of being, you know, touched? We're all aware of it. We really are. But you also have to, you've got to be aware to be thankful that we have a commissioner in the NBA like Adam Silver, who he, when the when the president, the, the commissioner says he wants to have a female head coach in the NBA sooner than later, that's going to filter down, you know, throughout the 30 teams. 
Rick Carlisle is the president of the NBA Coaches Association. Look at how many, you know, Danny Busick is there. Uh, like you said, uh, Carol Lawson now uh, with, with um, Boston. Uh, Natalie has been, you know, with uh, the Clippers. There's, there's so many more women entering the, the NBA family because of the G League. Uh, there's coaching, you know, the, the PA, uh, the Retired Coaching, uh, Retired Players Association. We have all these mechanisms for teaching people uh, how to have front office jobs, how to, how to coach. There's classes, there's seminars. So the hardest thing for an athlete is when the cheering stops. I know what that's like. And there's a lot of issues with depression, anxiety, mental health, because mama bears had the house locked down for the last 15 or 10 or whatever years. They have a routine because you haven't been there. You've been the provider. And then all of a sudden a guy retires and you kind of don't fit into what the whole family's been doing. They love you, but they have their own routine. So there are guys who are, have given their families, you know, uh, generational wealth, but they are out of place. They're not comfortable. They don't know where they belong. They're used to being in a locker room with this family called a team uh, with fans. And it's, it's different for them. That's why all these things work together. It's important to have these post-career opportunities to stay connected to the game. You know, you can do your job for the rest of your life. I can only play for a, a finite period of time. And then there's another kid coming you know, I graduated, we win championships, we, we put Old Dominion on the map, and then there was this chick named Penichero, and she was trying to break all my records, <laughs> and I love her. We know of her pretty that, well. <laughs> you know, that's what Tisha should have been doing, and, but there's always someone else, you know? I mean, after Jordan, there was Kobe. After, you know, Kobe, there's LeBron. You're always replaceable. But you need to have some sort of connection. And I think that's exactly what the big three has done on a competitive level. What the NBA is doing by opening doors for, for former players and women, by the way, in coaching, front office, G League, WNBA, they get it. And we're very blessed because they get it. You know, you, you mentioned the, the success of the big three, and, and I think – a lot of what you just said goes into why this league is being successful when there are other professional leagues and other sports that are just not finding that same success and folding within a year. But you also mentioned Adam Silver. Now, in your opinion, why is the NBA or maybe just basketball as a whole, why are they making these strides much easier than, say, some of the other leagues who are slower to evolve? I... I I can't answer uh, why s certain leagues are slower to evolve. I, I can't speak for the NFL or Major League Baseball or hockey. I can only speak for the NBA and the big three and tell you that we are the leader in the industry on equality and opportunity and inclusion. It's really important, but you have to be qualified and you have to be ready. 
when when you look back on it, you know, your career at ODU started in 1976, I believe, is when you got to campus. And longtime athletics director, Dr. Jim Jarrett, and the overall athletics program, they were really ahead of the curve when it came to putting an emphasis on women's athletics, offering scholarships beginning in 1974. Did you and the rest of your teammates at the time realize what impact you were having then and what that would blossom into here now uh, 40 years later? Well, Jim, uh, I mean, Jim Jarrett should be in every Hall of Fame uh, at the collegiate level because he was so far ahead of every AD in the country. That's why, you know, 76 through 80, we were selling out arenas not only on our campus, but everywhere we played and playing on national TV and playing in Madison Square Garden and, you know, having 10,000 people in the scope when we played Russia. Our men's team learned from us. And both the men and women, and we were thicker than these, and quite frankly, we still are. It was because of Dr. Jarrett and, and his vision. Uh, it, it's amazing because nobody could have thought, you know, he was about equality before there was equality. Mm-hmm. And, and he brought that to Old Dominion. Look, I'm walking in the airport and people are like, oh, my gosh, Nancy, uh, Old Dominion University. It's what is it, 40 years later? And people still remember Old Dominion University, not because of their football program, not because of the men's basketball program, because of the women's basketball program. That is what gave Old Dominion its cachet and its national presence. I remember growing up in Norfolk in in the 90s and, you know, the field house was one of the toughest tickets to get. And you mentioned those teams with Tisha and Wendy coaching. But yeah, the, the women's the women's basketball program was the focal point. Now, you've always kind of been involved in, like I said, every level of basketball. But you you have coached in the D League. You have coached uh now in the big three and you were an assistant with the Sacramento Kings. Is there a next step for Nancy Lieberman in the men's game or or is it just wherever you think you can make the biggest impact on a basketball stage? You know, I, I, I feel that my job is to be an influencer and to inspire people to be the best that they can be right now. What I'm doing is trying to set our players up, so they can, you know, vie for another championship. This is really important, what we're doing. It's hard to win. I have two players on my team, and they're all multimillionaires. But Glenn got a ring. Glenn Davis got a ring with the, the Celtics. And Birdman got a ring, two rings, with the Miami Heat, with LeBron. Winning is hard at any level. Go ask Tisha Penichero. Our men's basketball team has won championship, and that was 1974 five or four with Sonny Allen, mm-hmm. you know, division two. So it's really hard to win. We want to continue to help people experience what winning is like, uh, the family that we produce as a basketball team. If this leads me back to the NBA, it would be an honor. If this is where God wants me then this is where I'm going to be and they're going to get the best of who I am. And I clearly know who I am when I step out of my house. I've been at this. I've been a public person since I was 15. Um, I respect everybody and I fear nobody. And there's two people in life. There's givers and there's takers. And I want to be the giver. It, It could be through philanthropy. It could be through coaching. It could be through whatever 
thing that I'm involved in. Um, I'm a mom. Um, I deeply care about my son, TJ, and the steps that he's taking as a professional athlete. And, and you know, really, I'm very thankful to Old Dominion. I'm also thankful to the uh, University of Richmond for the opportunity uh, that they gave TJ in his career there. Well, it, it, it is amazing the impact that you still have here uh, in, in Hampton Roads with the ODU program. And it's great to see all of the success that you're having now in the big three. And it is a I can't stress enough to people what you've already said about it. It is a fun league to watch. And you mentioned you are playing in front of 13,000 people. This isn't a rec league. Now, it is a bit different. It's half court, four point shots, but it's a fun league. And it is fun seeing these names. And and Nancy, we wish you the best of success the rest of this season and and moving forward and you know we could talk all day about a lot of the topics that we just spoke about but uh we do appreciate you putting aside a a few minutes to to join us on the hall call podcast today okay thank you so much i appreciate it thanks nancy well that's going to do it for this edition of the hall call podcast i'd like to thank hall of famer nancy lieberman for joining us today Uh, good luck with the rest of the big three season as we said and as always if you like what you heard please like and follow the hall call podcast on soundcloud you can always find the most recent episodes on our website www.vasportshof.com and on our social media platforms facebook twitter and instagram all with the handle at va sports hof i'd like to thank espn radio 94.1 WVSPFM for their support, as well as Thomas Simmons, our executive producer. Until next time, I'm Will Driscoll, and this has been the Hall Call Podcast.